This is the 10,000 Depositions Later podcast, episode 70. I'm Jim Garrity. Today's episode, can non-record lawyers object during the deposition of their non-party client? Hey, everybody. I hope you're having, as always, a fantastic week. So I was attending an in-person deposition a few days ago, and the deposition was being taken by an adversary's lawyer of a non-party witness who happens to have knowledge about the issues. On the phone was a private lawyer for the non-party witness. As the deposition proceeded, the lawyer for the deponent, who is not counsel of record for anyone, began making the same kind of ordinary objections that any lawyer of record uh, representing a party might make in a deposition. And so I kept waiting to see if the examining lawyer was going to do something about the objections. And the answer was, surprisingly to me, no. So the question for you today is this. When a lawyer who is not counsel of record shows up as counsel for a non-party deponent, can that lawyer make all the same types of objections as you, as one of the attorneys for a party? Can they instruct the reporter to go off the record? Can they ask follow-up questions? I get a fair number of inquiries about this very issue. Many lawyers don't know what to do. They're unsure about whether a lawyer who just rolls into a deposition beside their non-party witness can join the circus along with everyone else. Do I object? Do I say nothing? As you sit here right now, do you think you'd be sanctioned for objecting to participation by the non-record lawyer on behalf of his non-party witness when the lawyers for the parties in this action, maybe even you, noticed and subpoenaed that witness to appear? It's easy to see how all these plausible sounding questions could make the correct answer a bit unclear. But here's a good way to look at it, a useful analytical framework. And this is something I suggest you do in approaching just about any issue that you might unexpectedly encounter in a deposition where you don't know the legally correct answer, but you're in a situation now where you have to make an immediate decision to object, call the judge, or terminate the deposition with respect to whether a particular question or behavior is proper or not. And here's the framework. First, remember that under Federal Rule of Civil Procedure 30C1, quote, the examination and cross-examination of a deponent proceed as they would at trial. Most state court rules say the same thing or something very similar. And you'll usually find the operative language on this point in the section of your state court deposition rules dealing with oral examinations. We had a reason uh, recently to look into a deposition issue in a Texas state court case. So I flipped back to that, getting ready for this episode, just to see how the Texas state court rules read on this issue by sheer chance. And it's nearly identical to the federal rule. Texas Rule of Civil Procedure 199.5D, titled Conduct During the Oral Deposition, says the oral deposition must be conducted in the same manner as if the testimony were being obtained in court during trial. So the analytical framework I suggest you use in depositions is this, whatever it is, is the thing that's going on right now something that could be done in a courtroom at trial while examining a witness? Here, using that framework, we ask this question. Could a lawyer for a non-party witness walk into a courtroom at trial and while their client is on the stand, sit down next to you or next to the other lawyers and start making objections. Could that same non-record lawyer 
ask additional questions of the witness at trial once you and the other counsel of record are done. What if your trial involves 10 non-party witnesses? Do you think they could all bring their own lawyer and each of them have the right to ask their clients questions when their record counsel are finished? The answer, of course, is no. They couldn't do that. That's not how uh, trial examinations proceed. A witness who is not represented by a lawyer of record can't be questioned at trial by their own personal lawyer. And so that rule of thumb will guide you as to what the right answer here is pertaining to non-party witnesses represented by their own counsel as it relates to depositions. Now, apart from the rule, there are a few jurisdictions that seem to have resolved this question not only by procedural rule, but judicially as well. I will say most have not. So at least from a judicial standpoint, this issue of the extent to which a non-party witness's lawyer can become involved in a deposition remains largely unresolved from the standpoint of case law. We found only two jurisdictions, New York and Missouri, where courts have clearly said counsel for non-party witnesses have no right to ask questions or even to object, other than to object if the question would result in the disclosure of privileged matter, obviously, or would perhaps incriminate the witness in a criminal sense. Let me give you some examples from some of the cases cited in the show notes. In the Hart case, H-A-R-T, a 1977 decision from the Missouri Court of Appeals, a dispute arose in the deposition over whether a lawyer representing a non-party witness could actively participate in the taking of the depositions. This was a criminal case, although the rules at the time in Missouri apparently said that depositions in criminal cases were governed by the same rules pertaining to the taking of depositions in civil cases. So apparently at the start of the deposition of a non-party witness in the Hart case, it was announced that the non-party deponent, who happened to be a physician, would be represented in the deposition by an attorney who was not of record. And we'll refer to that lawyer here uh, just by his surname, Mr. Heyman. One of the defense lawyers for the criminal defendant objected, saying Mr. Heyman was not an attorney of record, his client was not on trial, and that the witness had no right to have an attorney participate in the deposition. That objection by one of the defense lawyers was apparently repeated several times throughout the deposition to no avail. Mr. Heyman, the resulting court opinion says, quote, actively participated in the questioning of all three non-party witnesses, not just his own, but others. On numerous occasions, Mr. Heyman interrupted questions propounded by counsel of record, attempted to clarify or made statements or observations concerning such questions, or accused defendant's counsel of various improprieties. Mr. Heyman objected to questions on various grounds, such as that the question was too broad or accusatory or irrelevant or repetitious, or was asked for purposes of delay or harassment, or violated the attorney-client privilege. Three times, Mr. Heyman instructed the witness not to answer the question, and on two occasions suggested the deposition be concluded." Close quote. Now, I draw from this opinion, although it does not expressly say so, that the non-party physician witness was favorable to the state in its prosecution of the defendant. I say that because uh, it was apparently a prosecutor who announced at the beginning of the deposition that the witness would be represented by his own lawyer. So it seemed to me, at least from the opinion, that the prosecutor knew this lawyer was going to be participating. So what did the appeals court say? 
it said that the trial judge had the authority to allow a lawyer for a non-party witness being deposed to be present at the deposition for the purpose of counseling and advising privately with the non-party deponent about matters of privilege and self-incrimination. But the court said, and again, I quote, since the lawyer is not an attorney of record, however, and does not represent a party to the litigation, he has no standing to address the officer before whom the deposition is being taken. Obviously, that's a court reporter or the court generally on the issues of the case or to make objections, observations or remarks of record on grounds of relevancy or with reference to any other matter not relating to privilege or self-incrimination. And in no event does the lawyer have the right to stop the taking of the deposition, close quote, which apparently uh, became an issue in that case. So that's the Hart decision out of Missouri. It's a good case for illustration purposes because the lawyer for the non-party witness, Mr. Heyman, evidently fully participated in the deposition in every way. In other words, he didn't simply play a marginal role. It was front and center while the deposition was underway. Another good case to illustrate the point is the Thompson decision, a 2010 state court decision in New York. This is another decision involving non-party witnesses who happened to be physicians. So plaintiff's counsel in that case set up some videotape depositions that would be played at trial in lieu of live appearances by the doctors. On the day of the depositions, the doctors apparently show up with counsel retained by their medical malpractice insurance carriers. So during the deposition of one of the physicians, counsel for that doctor began making form and relevance objections to which plaintiff's counsel objected saying essentially, look, you can't participate in this deposition. I suspect the plaintiff's counsel was especially firm in making those objections because this deposition again was going to be played at trial. So this was in effect the actual trial testimony being taken in the middle of which a non-record lawyer was making objections. So the deposition gets suspended and plaintiff's counsel seeks an order precluding the doctor's counsel from objecting except as to privileged matters or in the event that the questioning was somehow deemed to be abusive or harassing. On review, the New York court said, and I quote, we agree with plaintiff that counsel for a non-party witness does not have a right to object during or otherwise to participate in a pretrial deposition. And the court went on to point to New York's civil practice law and rules 3113C, which says, quote, that the examination and cross-examination of deposition witnesses shall proceed as permitted in the trial of actions in open court, close quote. So again, pointing to that language in the federal rule and in most state court rules that says that deposition examinations are to be done like trial examinations. Now the opinion in this case, the Thompson decision, indicates that at oral argument on the plaintiff's motion, counsel for the physician said, in essence, I understand I have no right to object uh, or otherwise participate in the trial, but I do believe I have the right to participate in pretrial depositions. What does the court say? Court says, again, there is no such distinction pointing right back to that same rule that says deposition and trial examinations are done the same way. So that's how the Thompson case wraps up. The court said that the plaintiff was entitled to take, to retake the videotaped depositions of the physicians and that counsel for those doctors were precluded from objecting during or otherwise participating in the videotaped depositions. All right, let's cover some practice pointers and then we'll wrap up. 
First, where are you most likely to encounter this problem, the problem of a non-record lawyer showing up with a non-party deponent? In our experience, generally, it's going to happen when the non-party deponent is a professional, doctors, lawyers come to mind, or a senior executive, or a high-ranking government official, or high net worth individuals. If you've got some of those folks in your deposition lineup, you should at least anticipate that one or more of them is going to show up with their own lawyer. And you've got to ask yourself, what will I do? What's my game plan going to be if that happens? Next question, what to do if you're one of the lawyers of record, whether you're the examining lawyer or the defending lawyer, and a non-record lawyer shows up and begins actively participating in the deposition? Well, first, if you determine that it's not in your client's best interest for the lawyer to participate, immediately say so and point to the rule in your jurisdiction that deposition examinations proceed as they would at trial. That's a clear, authoritative, and powerful source, even if there is no case law in your jurisdiction. Apart from the rule, if you need to, point to the Thompson and the Hart cases I talked about. There are very few cases on point, but the ones that address it most clearly, those two decisions definitively resolve this issue against participation by non-record lawyers. Next point, what to do if the lawyer continues to participate over objection? Well, it's a judgment call. Is it low-level participation that's not really disruptive? Or is it something much worse? My sense is that most trial judges will be extremely receptive to your phone call during the deposition to bring a halt to that conduct or to the non-record lawyer's involvement at all. Never hesitate to involve the judge if there is conduct from anyone in the room that is disrupting your ability to conduct or defend the deposition. All right, let's look at it from the flip side. What if you're the non-record lawyer and you've been asked by one of your clients to attend the deposition where your client is a non-party deponent on their behalf? Well, I suppose you could make objections and see if anyone complains. I'm not entirely convinced that you're going to get complaints from the record lawyers about your involvement. Part of that comes from the fact that many lawyers simply don't know if this is okay or not, so they just sit silent. And lawyers that fail to object to your active participation are going to waive their right to object about it later. Now, if the record lawyers do object to your active involvement, you can try to confer about the scope of your participation. If the lawyers object, you might uh, continue participating, depending on the nature of the objections. You might stop participating, or you might agree with the lawyers of record to pause the deposition and contact the court to see if it can be resolved. Uh, remember this too, even if you opt not to actively participate in the deposition of your non-party client. Remember that if you feel like your uh, client, the non-party witness, is being harassed or embarrassed or otherwise being treated in an improper way, that the main rule on depositions, that's Federal Rule of Civil Procedure 30D3A, expressly allows both parties and deponents, whether a party or not, to move to terminate or limit the deposition. So even as non-record counsel, you have the right on behalf of your client to terminate the deposition under 30D3A. And if you're thinking ahead before the deposition even begins, remember that Federal Rule of Civil Procedure 26, specifically 26C1, authorizes a party or any person from whom discovery is sought 
to seek a protective order outlining the terms and conditions upon which discovery will be sought from them. So that's your authority. If you want to get clarity on your right to participate in the deposition, if you've been given enough notice, you should at minimum give some thought as to whether you want to seek a court ruling in advance of the deposition on the nature and extent of your ability to participate in the deposition on behalf of your non-party client. Most state court rules also contain similar provisions in the rules on protective orders pertaining to non-parties and relating to the scope of discovery. So it's the same situation, state or federal. All right, one last point. Let's circle back to where we started in this episode. Remember that most rules, state and federal, and the limited case law on this point support the proposition that it's not okay for a non-record lawyer to actively participate in the deposition of their non-party client. Okay, that's a wrap for today. As always, thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.